0: Activist Radio is on the air. You have tuned in to the Mark Harrington Show, sponsored by Created Equal. Mark is training a new generation of leaders to take on the culture of death and win. You don't like abortion, don't have one.
1: The only thing that can be said to be objective truth is that there is no objective truth. It does come out in one piece. It comes out in one piece.
0: I would argue that we certainly are not all created equal. And now here's Mark. Have you ever heard of the intensity gap? That's right, the intensity gap. If you've never heard of it, we're going to talk about it today on the Mark Harrington Show. Your radio activist, Mark Harrington, coming to you live from Created Equals Studios here in Columbus, Ohio, and also over several Salem media or Salem radio stations in Michigan and Ohio, as well as my social media sites. That's right. We're going to be talking about the intensity gap and how pro-life young people are more intensely focused on outlawing abortion in comparison to pro-choice or abortion advocates are in trying to keep it legal. If you don't believe me, this term, if you will, was coined by Nancy Keenan, who was the, uh, she's a former president of NARAL. And when she got off the bus during the March for Life in 2014 in Washington, D.C., and she saw all the young people going to the march, she was just shocked that how many people were there, how many young people were there. And that's when she coined this term when she was talking to Time Magazine, the intensity gap. Uh, and according to uh, a survey that was done at the time, 51 percent of voters younger than the age of 30 who oppose abortion uh, consider it very important to them compared to only 26 percent of their peers who support abortion uh, rights, if you will. So that 51 percent to 26 that's the intensity gap. Almost, what, 25 percentage points between uh, pro-life advocates and pro-abortion advocates, young people. And we're going to talk about that today on the Mark Harrington Show. You can go to our website at markharrington.org if you want to find more uh, about us and also createdequal.org. Uh, before we get into that, I want to talk about some other young people, in particular, my my young person, my my son, Christian Harrington. Historically, this week, once again, we are trying to pass the uh, Ohio heartbeat bill, and the heartbeat bill is now into its eighth year of, of attempting to get passed and signed by our governor. I've testified many a time down there, and interesting enough, my son has as well. Uh, seven years ago. My son, Christian, testified on behalf of the heartbeat bill. And it's now come full circle because just this week, my son, who is now 15, he was eight years old. He's now 15, also testified uh, on behalf of the heartbeat bill. And when we talk about the intensity gap, we have an eight year old standing up for what they believe in. And then eight years old, eight years later, doing the same very thing. I can tell you this, it puts fear in the hearts of our enemies. I mean, the, the, the crowd there, the pro-abortion crowd there were gnashing their teeth when my son was speaking because they know what that is. They know what that's all about, and they know they cannot match the intensity on the pro-life side. So what I want to do, I'm going to play these clips. Now, keep in mind, the first one is done. It was eight years ago. Uh, in in downtown Columbus, at the State House, on behalf of the heartbeat bill. That's the first clip. The second clip is seven years later. My son's 15. That was just this week. Also testifying on the heartbeat bill. So go ahead, Mr. Producer, if you would play that first clip. I'm
1: Christian Harrington, and I'm eight
0: years old. And I'm here to save babies
1: with beating hearts. And I want to tell the senators that. the passed uh, the, pass the Murphy bill right
0: now, and when I mean right now, I mean right now. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> eight years ago, my son uh, Christian Harrington testifying down at the state house, and then almost full circle now. Eight years later, seven years later, now 15, taller than me, which isn't saying a whole lot, to be honest with you. But <laughs> he's taller than me and my wife. You just see the difference, the span, you know, of seven years. Eight years old to 15, it's been that long that it's taken to get the heartbeat bill passed. We're hoping to get that done here in the next month or so. So let's play that second clip. This was, again, this was this week, testifying at the Ohio House Health Committee in uh, at the State House here in Columbus. My son, Christian Harrington, at 15 years old. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Next we have, a we'll call to the podium, uh, Christian Harrington. Then after Christian Harrington, we're going to have Alan DeBleck, and then Sharon Mars. Christian, thank you for being here today. Proceed when ready.
1: Thank you, Chairman Marin, Vice Chairman Manning, Ranking Member Boyd, and members of the Health Committee for the opportunity to testify in favor of substitute Senate Bill 23, the Heartbeat Bill. My name is Christian Harrington. I am 15 years old. Seven years ago, I spoke on behalf of the Heartbeat Bill at a press conference here at the State House. I am here once again today because I want to save babies that have a beating heart. It has been seven years since I spoke in defense of the heartbeat bill. Since then, over 140,000 babies have died with beating hearts. The children cannot wait any longer. The time for delay has passed. As I said then, and I will say now, I want the heartbeat bill to pass now. And when I say now, I mean right now. Thank you.
0: All right, we can end it there. (laughs) The similar wording there again, 140,000 babies have died in those seven years. Think about that, folks. And the delays that we've seen at the state house on the heartbeat bill if it were passed in uh 2008 or, or 2011 when my son first testified we would have saved 140,000 babies by uh, from abortion uh eight years later we're still at it my son testifies at 15. so we're talking about the intensity gap today on the mark harrington show go to mark if you want to find out more about our ministry Now, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk to our good friend and colleague up in Michigan. I I say the word Michigan. I probably shouldn't, as an Ohio State Buckeye fan. We call that state the state up north. We don't call it Michigan. But for the sake of our discussion today, we'll discuss it in terms of the state of Michigan. My good friend and guest on the program today, Kristen Polo is the executive director for Protect Life Michigan. Kristen, thanks for being on the program.
1: Thank you for having me, Mark.
0: So you got to listen to my son a little bit there. It's exciting to see young people stepping into the battle on abortion. Uh, And, and, you know, he didn't do it just because his dad made him. I mean, he believes this stuff, of course. And there are thousands, I would say, millions of young people across America that do the same. Uh, Your organization in Michigan has been making a big difference. Just last week... You had several people at the, uh, uh, the signing of the executive order for President Trump dealing with campus free speech. I want to first talk about that, just the issue of free speech on college campuses and what you guys encounter. And then I will switch gears to what you guys are doing in Michigan on the college campuses. So how did you guys, how, how, did, um, how did President Trump even invite you? I mean, I, I wasn't invited. I, I missed Somehow I missed the invitation. <laughs> what, well, how did you guys get the invite?
1: It was certainly an honor for Protect Life Michigan to be represented there at the White House for that special event. Um, several of our students were invited because of free speech issues they faced on their own campuses over the last couple of years. And that's something that is the norm, unfortunately, on many of our campuses here in Michigan. We have students that are. Um, forced to courageously stand up against their university on a regular basis. And so that's why they were there and a part of that special event.
0: So what kind of things have you been encountering? I can go on about what we encounter all the time, and I think you're familiar with that. But on the campuses uh, in uh, in Michigan, what types of things are you guys running up against? Because what we hear from, when I testified the other day on the Ohio Campus Free Speech Act, uh, some of the legislatures legislators think that this is just made up. Uh, we're really not encountering problems on university campuses. What kind of things do you run into up there?
1: Well, Alliance Defending Freedoms phones are ringing off the hook. <laughs> They're yeah. getting calls all the time about things that we're facing. Some of the things that are going on right now are um, issues with students who submit budgets to the university asking for funding and receive absolutely none when Mm -hmm. other groups on campus are receiving tens of thousands of dollars or more. um, We also see all kinds of little issues with events not getting approved, flyers not getting approved. In fact, we have one school in particular that has coined this catchphrase, show me the written policy, because so often it feels like the schools are just making this up as they go, trying to find any excuse they can to silence the pro-life message. It's really a shame.
0: Well, as you know, we encounter that all over the country when we travel with our abortion victim photography and video, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they create these free speech zones. Uh, They send out trigger warnings to students, warning them that created equals coming and to avoid the area. Uh, They try to assess fees for security, require us to carry insurance, all these things. And see, here's the thing, they know they can't ban organizations like yourself or us, because the First Amendment protects our rights to speech, but they make it difficult to actually exercise it. And that's what this Campus Free Speech Act in Ohio is meant to address. And that's why I testified the other day about it. And also, President Trump's executive order dealing with universities, if they're not going to follow the First Amendment, then they shouldn't get tax funding. That's basically what his executive order was about. So uh, we're hoping, you know, I don't believe we need to amend the First Amendment. Doesn't need amended. It, it should stand alone. But the problem is we don't have the legal firepower that these universities have to, you know, come up against us. We we just don't have it. I've got to pick my battles. I'm sure you do, too. And the Alliance Defending Freedom, Thomas More Society, Life Legal Defense, I and mean, they're all strapped for time. I mean, they don't have endless time or resources to be defending people like you and I. And so we have to really pick our battles, where a university almost has endless resources to go into a legal fight if they wish. So we're very, very outgunned on college campuses.
1: It's true. And then on top of that, it's it can be hard sometimes that find student, to find students that are brave enough to right. stand up against that. Because, I mean, we've had students that were faced with Um, disciplinary action from the university, trying to silence them in that way and impact their academic life. And that's a scary thing to stand up against, but we're very grateful here in Michigan to have a lot of students that are brave and, and aren't afraid to fight back. It's just a shame that they have to.
0: Let me read some uh, startling statistics regarding our young people when it comes to free speech. And then I wanna talk about the intensity gap and the good news. Uh, this is a Brookings Institution fellow and UCLA professor, John Velisanar. He wrote this. He divined this phenomenon of this, you know, this, this climate on college campuses uh, when he published a survey indicating only 39% of American college students believe the First Amendment protects offensive statements. I mean, that, that's alarming. Four out of 10 American college students don't think the First Amendment protects offensive statements. That's the whole purpose of the First Amendment is to protect disturbing, off-putting, uh, offensive speech. And uh, four out of 10 don't get it. Uh, let's see, 50% of those who responded believe it's acceptable to shout down offensive speakers. That's called the heckler's veto, uh, a mob rule, if you will. And then, what was it? 19% endorsed the use of violence to suppress speech. So when we talk about the executive order, we talk about these campus free speech acts that are being passed across the country. There is a real problem on college campuses because the universities are letting students get away with this stuff. And I think more importantly, they're teaching them that, you know, shouting down a, a speaker, uh, even resorting to violence in some cases uh, uh, is acceptable, an acceptable means of disagreement. You find that on your campuses in Michigan where students just don't know the limitations of the First Amendment or what they, uh, you know, what they're, they should be or shouldn't be allowed to do?
1: Absolutely. And I think that it's getting worse. Even just in this last year, we've seen an uptick um, in vandalism and and thankfully not physical violence against our students yet, but I I think we're getting closer and closer to that point every day because college students seem to have this belief that they're entitled to a bubble that no one can create with um, an opinion that they don't agree with.
0: My guest again is Kristen Polo. She's with uh, Protect Life Michigan, executive director up there in Michigan, uh, dealing with the college campuses there. I wanna switch gears here, Kristen, if we could. I wanna talk about uh, your outreaches there on the college campuses in Michigan. Uh, give us a short, uh, I guess, a summary of what is what is the purpose of your group? What are you, what are you attempting to accomplish there in Michigan?
1: Sure. We work with a network of over 50 high school and college campuses here in Michigan. Those are primarily Protect Life student organizations that exist to share the reality of abortion on campus. And so a lot of that involves getting out and dialoguing with students. We're grateful for every opportunity. We have to bring Creative Equal here to help us with that Um, and just trying to expose students to the reality of abortion, whether that's with images or campus displays or with dialogue, um, we're really intentional about training our students to be effective and strategic leaders. And then the most important piece is getting them out there to actually engage so that they can change hearts and ultimately save lives.
0: You have a really innovative and creative uh, project called Stump the Pro-Lifer. Would you would you share what that is? Because I, I think that's one of your best projects you guys do.
1: My husband might be a little mad at me this week because I <laughs> accidentally booked one for every single night of the week. <laughs>
0: so well, That's got, a bit much.
1: <laughs> lots of traveling, and he is our keynote speaker for that presentation. So okay. Stump the Pro-Lifer was created with the idea that students are not given opportunities to dialogue effectively on abortion. Things fall apart when we try to converse on social media professors are only teaching one side of the issue. So we thought, let's try to get students all together in a room that disagree with each other and see right. if we can create some kind of dialogue. So some something pro lifers is kind of a controversial name. We put right. my husband on the flyer. People don't like that a man is speaking to this issue. And, <laughs> and we have sure. quite a few students turn out. We've had as many as 150 students uh, come to just a single event. Um, This week we've seen amazing turnouts and sometimes as many as 33% of the pro-choice students that attend have a change of heart in just an hour and a half. And I think that's because they aren't given opportunities to hear the pro-life message and engage with it. And when they do, they realize their arguments just don't hold water.
0: So stump the pro-life or does, uh, does your husband give a short presentation and then just open it up for uh, questions, is that how it works?
1: He does, yeah, he tries to bust a few myths in the beginning about what it means to be pro-life, presents our very short argument for why we believe the unborn deserve protection and then opens the floor for arguments. And at the beginning of the event, I would say tensions are pretty high. It's clear they're not a fan of the sky, but by right. the end of the night, um, they're actually laughing with him. And we have frequently students stick around for two hours after the event to talk more because they are so engaged, which I think is really, really powerful.
0: Well, that's super because uh, normally we we don't find that students often behave. So it's good to find out that some (laughs) pro-choice students actually know how to have a civil discourse with those who would disagree with them. So what is your website, uh, Kristen, if you would give that out, please?
1: Our website is protectlifemi.org. There you can find all kinds of resources on starting a campus group, becoming a better activist. We also do a lot of events that students from any state are welcome to come to and and learn from.
0: So that's Protect Life, say again?
1: ProtectLifeMi.org.
0: ProtectLifeMi.org. You can check out uh, Protect Life Michigan, Kristen. Polo and the organization up there and the, the state up north. Uh, for those listening in the Michigan area, we are over the air there in Detroit at uh, WLQV. That's WLQV. Uh, that's AM 1500 and 92.7 FM. So in the Michigan area, we do actually have the radio program broadcasting over the air. And uh, folks, if you live in the Michigan area and you hear the sound of my voice, you need to get a hold of Kristen and Protect Live Michigan and get involved uh, in some of their campus outreach and other events that they're doing around the state. Uh, So Kristen, let's do this. I wanna shift gears in the few minutes we have left here and talk about the upcoming uh, spring schedule. We're partnering with you, as you well know, in, uh, in Michigan at some campuses coming up. And for those who live in the Michigan area, listening to my, the sound of my voice, you're more than welcome to contact us, go to createdequal.org, or you can go to protectlifemi.org if you wanna get involved in these outrages. But we'll be going to Grand Valley State University, Western Michigan University, Grand Rapids Community College, Michigan State University there in East Lansing, and Eastern Michigan university, those five uh, in April. So if you're interested in your students there, uh, Kristen are, are helping to sponsor our events on some several of those campuses. So we're looking forward to that, uh, going up there with our victim photography and video and reaching the college campuses. Let me ask you this, we got about five minutes left in the program. Uh, we, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about the, what you think about the use of a victim pho- photography and how your organization has kind of, um, over time, I guess, uh, believed that this is an effective way of reaching uh, college students.
1: Mm-hmm. I was never opposed to the use of it. I, In fact, when I was a student at—I'm sorry to say—the University of Michigan, um, I did. I, I did. <laughs> no, that's
0: rivalry. okay. You can go ahead and say that. <laughs> I it, did. It's, it's really. no longer a rivalry.
1: All right. Fair enough. <laughs> I did outreach in college with abortion victim photography, but as I became, you know, came into a leadership role with Protect Life Michigan, I think I let fear get the best of me and was maybe mm-hmm. a little bit scared to be outspoken about that. And, you know, it's interesting that as I started developing a relationship with Created Equal and learning from you and Seth Dreyer, um, I learned that fear is not an excuse. <laughs> Something right. is effective and it works. You know we owe the unborn and the women that face a, an abortion decision we owe them our very best and um right. i you know I've, I've experienced that firsthand i know that it works especially with students who are so apathetic i think sometimes right. it's the only way we can break through to them and so you know we encourage our students regularly to go, get out on campus and do this because I think they may be a little bit scared. You know, our, our groups on campus aren't the pillow fight club. There's a little bit of controversy <laughs> there. Um, but when they actually get out and do this type of outreach, they see how effective it is. And that, that students are open to dialoguing. They're not going to, you know, freak out and throw a hissy fit 95% of the time. Uh, a productive conversation will ensue. So, All right. All
0: right. Again, my guest is Kristen Polo. She's the Executive Director for Pro-Life Michigan, or Protect Life Michigan, sorry. (laughs) Protect Life Michigan. Go to protectlifemi.org if you want to find out more. Once again, we'll be going to Grand Valley State University, Western Michigan University, Grand Rapids Community College, Michigan State University, and Eastern Michigan University as part of our Road Trip for Life. That's what we call it. Road Trip for Life, where we put Activists on the road for anywhere from three to five weeks at a time, going campus to campus to campus, state to state to state, abortion clinic from abortion clinic, high schools, all of it in a three to five week period of time. So we'll be spending an entire week in the state of Michigan. Uh, To wrap it up, we got about two minutes left, Uh, Kristen. What else are you doing? And uh, if you would just speak to my audience of what do you think they can do as they're listening to the sound of our voice today
1: we are doing so much like i said to continue to encourage students to stand up even in the face of fear and go out and talk to people about this issue get out in the community and on your campus um, and start engaging because as i said and as we see with stump the pro-lifer students that are pro-choice and are exposed to our arguments realize that their worldview just doesn't stand doesn't stand up doesn't water against our our I would encourage the same of your listeners to not be afraid to have that conversation, whether it's on social media or with family or friends, um, speak because speaking changes hearts.
0: Kristen Polo is my guest. Go to protectlifemi.org, find out more. And folks, if you want to support Created Equal, go to createdequal.org. You can support us financially as we go about the, uh, the country to college campuses, high school campuses, and wherever else we need to raise the voice of, uh, uh, raise our voices on behalf of the preborn. We do that all over the country. We got big plans coming uh, ahead of us here this spring and summer. Uh, our campus tour, as I just told you, the road trip for life. We also have a tour of the late term infanticide states coming this summer, early summer. That'll be New York, Vermont, Rhode Island maryland washington dc that kind of play those kinds of places so if you want to help us out financially please feel free to do so we need your help you can go to createdequal.org click on the donate link or you can give to uh, create equal by going to p.o box 360502 columbus ohio 43236 we'll see you next time god bless you god bless america and remember america to bless god